0: Hola, hola, and welcome to Cultura and Cash. This is Gigi, or as many of you know me, the first gen mentor. I'm a former investment professional with a 10 year corporate career turned TikToker, financial educator, speaker, and author of Cultura and Cash. On this podcast, we'll talk about how money works and how you can be smarter with it, how to balance building wealth while supporting your family, how to set financial boundaries when necessary and career lessons you can learn from and apply at work some episodes will be solo episodes others i'll interview experts on financial topics we're covering like debt consolidation real estate investing or credit repair we'll also do deep dives on my book cultura and cash and my framework the first gen five on today's episode i'm going to walk you through the layout of my book I realized recently that I've shared a lot about the book. I've shared the name. I've shared the behind the scenes of the writing process. I've shared about the TikTok grant and the cost of publishing. I recently launched the cover, but I haven't really talked about the content inside the book. And that's for a reason. It was because I was waiting closer to my publication date, which is right on the corner. My book is finally coming on January 23rd of 2024. So let's get started. The book is seven chapters long. It does it does have an intro and an outro. It sounds short at first when you hear just seven chapters, but trust me, it's it's not short. <laughs> it's an over 250 page book. And I'm going to walk you through every chapter and give you a brief overview of what you can expect. So, in the intro, just like it sounds like, you're going to be introduced to the content of the book. And the intro was really actually hard to write because there's a lot of pressure to make it eye-grabbing and captivating because I've picked up so many books that couldn't capture my attention even though they look promising, the the, the cover, the message, the author, but I started the intro and I'm like, uh, this is not it, right? So I had a lot of pressure to knock it out of the park and um, I spent a lot of time on it (laughs) and you know an intro should be quick and sweet but again it's impactful so I knew it mattered Um, but once I got it down I really am proud of what was cooked up together so basically you're gonna learn why I decided to write the book, why it's needed in our community, how my message has not been covered in any personal finance book and I know that because I read over 50 personal finance books and I have yet to read one that addresses how to navigate your money with family in mind because that's very much the experience of the first generation american that not only do we have to build wealth for ourselves but often we have to support others whether it's our uh, our aging parents or siblings or even grandparents so i explain all that in the intro and i think you're gonna love it then we start with chapter one which Most of their money books, you get straight into the nitty gritty of like, okay, this is what a Roth IRA is. This is how you start budgeting. They get into like the ABCs of personal finance. That is not what I did. And I'm happy that I didn't do that. So actually the way that this is structured is chapter one and two are more about mindset and you're going to see why in a bit. And then chapters three through seven, those are very practical practical and actionable and very much like money education. So let me walk you through chapter one. So chapter one is called A Different Starting Line (laughs) and if the title doesn't give it away you will find out in this chapter that our money experience as first generation Americans is very different than your average middle class white American. I will explain how the advantage of having access to financial knowledge by their parents or other family members uh, puts them ahead in the race to financial wealth and how the privilege, the generational wealth that they also get transferred to them also gives them a leg up in life. Both things that not only do we not have, but in addition to that, we also have to financially support people that matter to us, which is something that a lot of these other privileged folks don't have to worry about. And I actually created uh, three archetypes to convey this. I'm really fun. I'm really excited for you guys to read through these three archetypes. They're called Privileged Patty, Average Amy, and First Gen Gina. And uh, just to give you a heads up, you know, I have had beta readers read this portion of the book. If you don't know, a beta reader is um, your ideal target reader that gets to read the book while it's still in the middle of the book writing process. So they're able to shape the writing because they'll give you feedback. And I had five beta readers. Shout out to my beta readers. I love you guys so much. I gave you a little shout out in my book too in the acknowledgement section. But um, across the board, I heard from my beta readers that this section was A little tough to get through, and that's okay. You know, take your time reading through it, but it's important for you to really understand how some people have a leg up in life. Because you might think that you already know, but you don't really know. And you'll see what I'm talking about when you get through that chapter. Um, enough of a tease there. I'll move on to the next chapter, chapter two, how our cultura affects our money experience. So this chapter, you know, oh my god. Again, a little behind the scenes on the writing process. I was dreading writing this chapter because I knew it was going to be hard because this is a part where we have to unlearn a lot of the stuff we were taught about money by our family. And part of that feels like you're betraying your cultural values, but I explain why that's not the fa- way that's not the case. And I Actually, you know, like I said, I was really struggling to write it. But when I actually came down to write it, I was like super excited. So it was really weird, and my book coach was like, "What?" I thought you were scared of that chapter. I'm like, "Me too," but it just like poured out of me. I, it was, it, it was intimidating at first, but I think once I was ready to dig in, I poured it all out. And yeah, basically, you're gonna learn in this one some of the um, immigrant money habits that keep us broke. You know, there's a lot of beautiful things about our culture, but there's also a lot of harmful things that have a negative impact in our money experience. And It's important to be real about it. And if you guys follow me on socials, you know, I like to keep it real. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything. And sometimes people don't like it. And I get haters in the troll section. And I'm sure I'm going to get some bad reviews for some of the things I said in this specific part of the book. And that's okay. You know, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. But um, this is definitely one of my favorite chapters, uh, chapter two, How Our Cultura Affects Our Money Experience. And again, there is no other money book in existence that I know of that discusses how um, immigrants, uh, the way that immigrants handle money and then they then pass on that, th- those skills to their first-gen children affects how those first-gen, first-gen children then um uh, interact with money as adults. Um, hopefully it's a good little teaser. It's, it's a good one. It's a really good one and I will also introduce you to my method for setting financial boundaries which is called the quiero y puedo approach. I am so proud of this method. Um, financial boundaries is something that I very much consider myself an expert in because unfortunately I've had to learn the hard way from dealing with family but um, I very much have come up with a two-step process to figure out when is it the right time to set financial boundaries. Because, you know, if you're Latino, Latin, Latina, Latine, what, Latinex, whatever you want to call yourself, right? Um, you know, it's not easy to set boundaries with family. And when it comes to money, oh my God, <laughs> like I've been on the other end of the wrath of, you know, people being like, quien te crees, pinche malagradecida, you're forgetting about your family, family's number one, you know, all when I'm just trying to like do the best to make sure that I don't get myself into debt, that I don't bury myself into a hole, you know, so uh, I'm really excited for you to read chapter two. And now next will be chapter three which is called Emergency Funds, Your Lifeboat When Shit Hits a Fan. And again, to remind you, chapter three through seven, basically the rest of the book is the more actionable advice. And the reason for this is because in the first two chapters, I talk about the mindset work, the cultural unlearnings, learnings, um, the systemic barriers that we face in our money journey. And it's important to acknowledge that because our money experience is not the same. So it would not be fair to just go straight into the ABCs of personal finance like other books do. Because again, we have unique struggles as first-generation Americans, first-generation Latinas. So I do that in the first two chapters and my solution to be better with money, even despite all those challenges and barriers and roadblocks that we experience as first-gen Americans, is my framework, the first-gen five. So the first-gen five, you'll learn, it's a framework where I focus on five elements of personal finance. I'm gonna talk about emergency funds, budgeting, debt, building credit, and investing. So again, that first chapter is on building an emergency fund. And instead of being boring like your typical vanilla money book that's just like, this is how you budget. You start by creating a line item on Excel. I'm not doing any of that. What I do instead, each of these chapters with these five topics, I open them up with real life personal stories of how not having an emergency fund affected my life how budgeting allowed me to quit my very stable corporate job to pursue the possibility of a job that i would love how debt kept me trapped with a nightmare roommate because i didn't take debt seriously how having a good credit score was a lifeboat when i had nothing else i had nothing else but my good credit saved my ass and then lastly, I'll talk about the importance of investing. And this chapter is something that I'm so passionate about because, you know, a lot of us, maybe we've heard you should invest, but you don't know how to start. And this is very much the beginning steps to investing. But before getting to that, we also have to unlearn a lot of myths about investing you know, people say it's scary, they don't understand it. Um, it's like gambling, you know. So so each of those chapters, chapter three, four, five, six, seven, will all have an element of what are some unlearnings and some myths that we have to, you know, clear out first before I teach you this information. Because if you still have these myths and lies in the, your subconscious, you're not gonna receive my financial education. So that's why it's always important to kind of address these uh, barriers head on. Uh, and I'm very proud. I'm very proud of that. And the way that I structured this and um, shout out to my wonderful book coach, Stacy Ennis, who helped me come up with this outline. So um, I think that's it for now. Otherwise, I'm going to give away too much. You guys are going to have to read the book to read the rest. But what I will do is I will read you the title for the rest of the chapters. So again, chapter three is Emergency Funds, Your Lifeboat When She Hits the Fan. Chapter four, budgeting is your BFF. Chapter five, debt should feel uncomfy. Chapter six, credit building, outsmart the credit card companies. And chapter seven, this is my favorite name and everybody that has got an advanced copy of my book, they like, I love this title and so do I. Chapter seven, investing isn't just for Patagonia vest wearing Middle-Aged White Men. And then lastly, there's an outro where I kind of give next steps um, on what you can do to continue your money education and your money journey and how to share financial knowledge with others. And I have an acknowledgement section at the very end, which is basically an area where I get to thank the people that helped me uh, write this book in some way or another. And it was a very heartfelt uh, part of the book, so I really hope that you get to read it. Uh, But anywho, uh, that's it for now. I poured my heart and all my financial knowledge into this book to help people like you, first-gen Latinas and other first-gen professionals make smarter money moves with their family in mind. Uh, Remember, the book will be available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Bookshop.org, and other online retailers starting January 23rd, 2024, which is very, very soon. In the meantime, visit culturaencash.com to learn more about the book. There's also a wait list there where you can sign up to be reminded once the book is available. Thanks for listening. Hasta la próxima.